Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Somebody say provoke. See, most of us don't like to be provoked because somebody picking it like you're poking a bear. Like, don't provoke me. Don't tempt me. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Right? Somebody say provoke. <laughs> How many of you know, I, I, I want to explain to you today that God is a provocateur. He is a person that will provoke you to your purpose. Say, I created you for this, and you're a little out of alignment, so I'm going to allow some things to happen to get you in alignment with purpose. You say, oh, God, he's loving, and he's the, he, he's the great I am, and he's the bright and morning. Yeah, he's all those things, but he will also provoke you. Come on, let, let's, let, let's read the scripture. Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. And I'm going to let you sit down. Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter. The ninth, vor, ninth verse says this. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Y'all with me on the back there? He found him in a desert, talking about Jacob, and in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Somebody say, I'm the apple of his eye. That's all loving side of God. He took care of me when I was wandering in the wilderness. But look at what God also does. As an eagle stirs up her nest, fluttering over her, war, her, over her young, spread up abroad her wings, taketh them and buried them on her wings. God is also a protector. He's a provider, but God also is a stirrer. Y'all may be seated. When we're talking about God being a, 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 a provocator, he provokes his people. He was saying, that, that, that's talking about Jacob, and Jacob was the one that God would eventually turn into Israel, which would be, be, be the one that, 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 uh, that the promise of Abraham would flow through, but Jacob wasn't acting right, so God had to let him get to a place where he would change his nature. And so many times God sees things that are in us to the point, say, you know what? If I don't do a couple of things, if I don't let a couple of things happen to you, if I don't let a couple of doors close you, if I don't let a little pain happen to you, you're going to stay on the same path. And so I'm going to provoke you to get you back on the right path. How many know that God knows what, knows what he's doing? And see, you say, well, God wouldn't allow that. God, God, God wouldn't do it. Sometimes God does things, and sometimes God allows things. You got to understand, y'all remember the story of Job, right? God didn't cause all those things to happen, but God allowed the enemy to do it, saying that you can take all that from you, and he will not curse me. He will not turn his back on me. Tell somebody God allows things to happen. See, we like to say, oh, God wouldn't let it be. But sometimes God lets some things be. 
because he knows the ending from the beginning. He is Alpha and he's Omega and he's all the way in between. He knows that if I don't let this happen to you, you're going to stay in a place of arrogance. You're going to stay in a place of error. So I will let some things shipwreck to provoke you to a place to get, to get it right. Anybody thankful for the wisdom of God? But it's just like here, you have to understand that, that a bird's, uh, an eagle's purpose is to fly. But a mother will say, hey, you know what? You've been, you, you, I've fed you worms enough. It's time for your eagleness to come alive. And I know you're not going to do it on your own. And so I'm going to stir up this nest. I'm going to start fluttering and make it uncomfortable for you to be in this nest. You know why? Because the nest is made up of sticks. It's made up of rocks and, and all those kind of things. And see, we, see, a, 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 a nest is not a comfortable place. A mama, a, a mama bird will put straw in it to comfort them. But say, I'm going to stir it up because, you know, if I push you over to the edge of the nest, that stick is going to poke you. Wait a minute, that ain't comfortable, mama. I'm going to do it like this and I'm going to back up and I'm going to hit my head here. And sometimes we can get too comfortable. We can talk purpose, but we want to stay in a place of comfort. We want to stay in a place of convenience. And God said, I got to stir up this nest to provoke you to fly God is saying in 2020 there is more in you that I'm going to get out of you now you can, you can come and do it willingly or I can stir you up it is your choice it would be easier if you would acknowledge the purpose that's in you and you would start pursuing it like I was talking about earlier. but if you are slow if, 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 if you are slow to the party, you know, some people are just slow adapters. You know, I, I'm going to wait and see what happened. I'm going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to check yourself. God said, if you're slow to the party, that's fine. You're still going to do it. You can come willingly or you can come by me stirring you. And if I have to stir up the nest, it's going to hurt. You're going to have some bruises. You're going to have some things that's going to hurt you. You're going to have some things that are going to disturb you. But nevertheless, at the end of the day, my will will supersede anything that you want to do. I've got scripture for it. I got scripture for it. Proverbs 19 and 21 says this. Many are the plans in a man's mind, but, somebody say but. It is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I know you got great plans. I know you got a vision board. I know you've got a strategic plan for this and that all in your life. But let me tell you, unless you submit that to God, you may be wasting your time, sir or ma'am. Because at the end of the day, it is God's will that is going to, that is going to win out at the end of the day. So it will behoove you. Say, God, this is what I feel like my purpose is. This is what I feel like I'm called to do. But God, does this pass your sniff test? Does this pass your litmus test? Many are the plans in a man's mind, but it is the plans of God that's going to win out at the end of the day. And so there are some people that haven't been doing anything. There's some people that have just been doing the wrong thing. A lot of times we're like water. We're like water. So, 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 so many times we're like water. Water goes to the path of least resistance. If you spill water in the middle of a room, if a room is slanted, water's going to flow to the path of least resistance. You, 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 you put water in a basement long enough, it's going to leak out to a place because it goes to the path of least resistance. And so many times we are living lives of least resistance. And we're saying, God, you make cricket pass straight. You bring every, every mountain down low and you raise every valley up. This is easy, so this must be like you. 
Not necessarily so. That purpose is usually on the other side of challenge. And whenever we start receiving challenge and pressure and resistance, God, this must not be you. I'm giving it up. I'm going another way. I'm going to pass it. God said, no, purpose is on the other side of that trial. Purpose is on the other side of those lies. Purpose is on the other side of people talking about you. Purpose is on the other side of that. And if you're looking for the path of least resistance, you're going to miss the mark of what I've called you to do all because you don't want to go through nothing. I ain't fussing at you. I just want to challenge you today. But somebody say, provoke me, God. Romans 8 and 28 says this. And we know that all things, y'all know the scripture, y'all caught it with me, work together for the good of them who love the Lord. We love to quote that part, but the, uh, but the B clause is the, according to whose purpose? So my question to you, does your, does your purpose and your plans align with his? I don't know, Pastor Tony. Well, God allowed me to do it. I told you, don't confuse his permission with his approval. Just because he's letting you do it don't mean he's appro he approves of it. Does my plans and my purpose, as I see it, align with his plans? Because only when our plans align with his purpose does Romans 8 and 28 apply. We can be applying something that we're applying, trying to apply something to our life that doesn't fit us because we're doing things according to our purpose, not his purpose. It's just good teaching this morning. So I want to talk about three distinct people where God provoke them into purpose. I want you to say, say, God provoke me into purpose. I want you to know you're asking God to do something that may make you uncomfortable. How many of you, want, how, how many, how many you ever felt a little, just a little smidgen of like this feels good, this fits me. Anybody ever felt that? Even if you felt it for a little bit, like, you know, ooh, this I do this for free. This, 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 this scratches every itch that I have. It, it, it makes me feel like I, this is why I'm here. Anybody ever felt that? Sometimes it's sometimes it's a fleeting feeling. It's almost like pe what people say when, when they're skydiving. It's only about a couple of seconds of weightlessness. And so that's what people are always chasing. But anybody ever kind of felt that I was doing something, I wasn't getting paid for it? It's just, you know what? I would love to do this the rest of my life. This is, this, this is feel like, this, this, this is my water to me being a fish. See, you have to understand a fish looks mighty stupid outside of water. You see what I'm saying? Because he's out of his element. But when you put a fish in water, you see the brilliance of the fish when he's put in the right environment. And I'm telling you in 2020, God is taking you out where you looking like you gasping. And God's gonna put you in your water this year. So y'all miss it, y'all didn't even realize when prophecy is coming forth. God's gonna put you in your water this year. He's going to put you in the right room, in the right space, in the right, in the right environment, and your brilliance is going to burst forward. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for my water. See, the reason you feel like I'm, 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 I'm dumb and I'm, I'm inadequate and I can't measure up, it's because you simply are not in your water. But you put the right people in the right place at the right time in the right environment for the right purpose, brilliance happens. Amen? 
Somebody say, I'm going to get my water this year. The first person, well, God, God, God will, prov will provoke us. Somebody say, provoke me, God. God will provoke us to fulfill purpose. There was a man in the Bible, y'all know he's very familiar, a man named Moses. Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. He was a Jewish boy that, that, that his mama put him on the river and, 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 and Pharaoh's daughter found him. She raised him up uh, and he was raised in the very house of the man who was trying to kill him years and years before. He had it made. He was living in luxury. But one day he was going about in the kingdom and he saw an a, a, a Israelite slave trying to make bricks, trying to build Pharaoh's uh, uh, pyramid and his temple and all that stuff. And he wasn't working hard enough. And one of the Egyptian guards started whipping him merciless, mer uh, without mercy. He was abusing him. He was whipping him. He was, he was uh, to the point of, 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 of death. And Moses minding his own business. He saw something and it stirred something up in him. To the point where Moses tried to, he intervened and tried to stop the soldier and ended up killing the soldier and he had to run and be in the wilderness for killing a man for 40 years. I want you to understand that a deliverer was dormant inside of Moses. It was in his seat. He was born for that purpose, to be a deliverer. He didn't realize he was living in luxury. But some, have, you ever been, have you ever been somewhere where you saw something that just disturbed you? Moses was going about his own business, and he saw, no, no doubt he knew that Israel people were slaves, and they were building. No doubt, no doubt he probably saw uh, 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 um, the, he, he, no, no doubt he probably saw the, uh, the, the um, what am I saying? Yeah, okay. No doubt he had saw the Israeli slaves being whipped before. But this time, this time, it stirred him, it provoked him. It said, I can't take this no more. I can't see it another day. And he was provoked to flow in his purpose. What was his ultimate purpose? It may have been 40 years premature, but him seeing that slave getting beaten woke up a deliverer in him. You got to understand from his mother's womb, that's the reason God cradled him and he protected him because he was, uh, he, he was destined from his mother's womb to be the man that would deliver God's people out of bondage. Now, isn't that like the humor of God to put somebody who's going to ultimately be a deliverer in the house of the person he's going to deliver them from? Nobody can do that but God. Yet and still, with all the allegiance he had to his father Pharaoh, he saw something that Pharaoh's people were doing and it disturbed him. My question to you is, what disturbs you? What disturbs you when you see it? I ain't talking about people that, there's some people that are just surly and ain't happy about nothing. I'm talking about something that's really disturbed you. What is it that when you see it that bothers me with a righteous indignation? 
enough to step in and risk even getting in trouble about? What is it that disturbs you? Could it be possible that you are the solution to what disturbs you the most? I'm going to say that again. Could it be possible that you are the solution to what disturbs you the most? I ain't talking about something I didn't like it. I'm talking about something that keeps you up at night. I'm talking about something that, 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 that visits you in your dreams. I'm talking about something that won't let you go. I keep thinking about it. I walk away from it. I try to ignore it, but it keeps coming up. I would dare submit to you, brother and sister, there is something that you need to seek God about because the thing that disturbs you the most could be the place of your purpose that God has called you to be the solution to. Oh, and I'm glad you're quiet. Seems like somebody ought to. Yeah, that somebody is you. Seems like somebody ought to do something with these girls out here in the street. That somebody could very well beat you. Seems like, that, Lord, all those boys walking around with pants on around that. Seems like they want to do something with their life. If that disturbs you enough, God could be provoking you. If it hasn't let you go, if it keeps visiting you in your dreams, God is provoking you. Is this speaking to anybody in this place? No more waiting for Superman, I preached one time. You are the one you've been waiting on. You are the one that you've been waiting on. And God said, if, if Moses said, you know, that's a shame. That's a shame to see, that's a shame to see them land. I'm going to have to talk to Pharaoh about that. No, God said, I want you to step in and fix what is disturbing you. God said, I put that in you the same way you like, you know what? This thing, I just love it. I don't know why. You, and you said, what? That God could be giving me this. The thing that could very well be disturbing you. See, you got to understand the reason that God has put us in the earth is to be the answer to the earth's dilemmas. The earth is groaning. The earth is crying out. Can y'all see it every day that the earth is groaning? People, people acting out of their minds. People, people doing things that are out of their character and out of their nature and all kind of things. The earth is groaning. Why is the earth groaning? The earth is groaning. It is waiting on the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. Every assignment is not going to be cushy. Every assignment is not going to be wrapped in bubble wrap and going to be real comfortable. There are some dirty, gully, gutter things that God has called his place. There is no need for light to shine among light or else we're going to blind each other out. Light is meant to push back darkness. And I want to challenge you today to ask yourself, God, what is it, that it, what is it that's disturbing me and why are you letting it disturb me? That the very thing that is disturbing me, I could have the answer for. God is provoking you. Somebody say, provoke me, God. The next story and example is, God, align me with your purpose. Somebody say, a God, align me. Sometimes God aligning us with his purpose means he has to provoke and let some things happen in our life. There was a young lady in the Bible who was married to a young man. They were traveling as a whole family. Her, her sister-in-law, her, 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 uh, her mother, her mother-in-law and his husband. They were traveling about. The young lady's name is Ruth. She was traveling with the family and a great famine hit the land. Father-in-law died. Brother-in-law died. 
husband died. There were three women left together. Now, in that day, there wasn't no independent single ladies back then. You, women were just above, like, property and cattle. And so they had to either be with their father, their uncle, a husband, or they couldn't provide for themselves. They couldn't do, any, do anything for themselves. And, 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 and Ruth's, uh, um, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, she said, look, y'all, I can't provide for you. I'm desperate just like y'all are. So why don't both of y'all go back to your homeland where you come from? Go back to where you came from and there, there, that way your fathers can take care of you. Somebody said that makes sense. In this day and age, in, in this day and season in the Bible here, that made really good sense. He said, because she's saying, I can't provide for you. You'll be more comfortable at home. Her sister-in-law, Oprah, said, hey, you know what? That sounds great. I love you. Like they did on Color Purple, I'll see you later. But Ruth said, no. Mm-mm. That don't feel right to me. What she said was, I will not leave you. There is, even though that's in my past, there is something in my future, Naomi, that is tied to you. And I am provoked. I know it doesn't make sense. I know, it, I, know, I know it goes against conventional wisdom. But there is something. I can't put my finger on it. But there is something tied to my future that, that, that I can't let go. That if I go back, I'm going to negate something in my future. So therefore, where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Where you die, I'm going to die. Your people are going to be my people. You can't get rid of me that easy. And so she said, I'm going to go with you. So my, so my question to you is, when life happens, somebody say, life is going to happen. People are going to die on us. Somebody tell somebody, say, life is going to happen. You're going to have layoffs. Tell somebody, life is going to happen. You're going to fall out with friends, family, neighbors, everybody. Tell somebody, life is going to happen. But what is your response when life happens? And so Ruth, Ruth was faced with a dilemma. Do I choose comfort? Or do I choose calling? I'm going to say it again. She had to choose between do I go home to what's comfortable or do I choose where I feel God is calling me to? I'm going to tell you something. You write this down. Comfort and calling are distant relatives. You know distant relatives. I know you. I might see you every couple years. You know, I'll claim you. You ain't done that crazy. I'll claim you. Comfort and calling are distant relatives. Every now and then they will get together. But the majority of time, what God is calling you does not involve comfort. What God is calling you, it's not going to be easy. What God is calling you is not going to be risk-free. That's what we say, God, I'll do it as long as you can guarantee. What, 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 what are my stipulations? What are guarantees? You said you never leave me. You said you never save me. And God, I got out here and I feel like you leave me. God said, just because I, you don't feel me don't mean I'm not there. And I want you to know that calling and comfort are rarely going to align together.
which one are you gonna choose? Woo-hoo. I know y'all wanted something happy today, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but God, but God, God, God is saying, where I'm calling to you very well may not be comfortable. I am the God that leads you in, 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 into the green pastures, but I'm also the God that leads you to the valley of the shadow of death. And wherever I lead you, do you trust me enough to follow you there? Consequently, she followed her mother-in-law. She said, I, I don't know. How do you, well, come along with me. I can't make you go. You done already told me where I lodge. You're going to lodge where I'm buried. You're going to be buried. I can't get rid of you. She might as well go on. And so they, they, they ended up going back to, to Moab. They ended up going to Moab. And, and she said, look, I know this guy. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's some kin to me. I ain't gonna try to lean on him, but he will let us glean from his field. So let so so let's go on his field and let's start picking up a couple things because he's he's rich. He's got a lot. So so uh, as charity to the community, he's gonna let us start getting some things from the field. Well, all of a sudden she said, "Okay, well I I, I start I start picking up some things." And and and, and there's a guy who owned the property. His name was Boaz. Somebody say Boaz. Boaz. Women in the kingdom, listen. I'm waiting on my Boaz. Well, are you being a Ruth yet? <laughs> because, because Ruth was out there working, and that's how Boaz found her. Amen. 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 Amen, Amen again. <laughs> Amen. So, 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 so Ruth was out there picking up. She wasn't out there just trying to look cute, trying to get his attention. She was out there. Uh, she was out there with some sweat on her brow. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble. Let me get on. Let me move on by my way. So, so, so she was out there, and Boaz said, "Hey, who was that? Who was that? That fine thing out there uh, picking up?" They say, "Oh, you know, that's uh, you know, that's your cousin's home girl. You know, she's out there. Y'all know, y'all know I'm paraphrasing now. It ain't in the Bible." She said, "You know, hey, that, that's that, that, uh, um, that, that's your family member's girl." He said, "Look," he said, "She's working too hard. I found favor in her." So what I want you to do, tell the other people who I've hired to work the field, I want them to leave bundles of stuff so it's easy for her to pick up what I left for her. See, y'all got to understand, it looked like she was making a foolish decision to walk away from comfort provision of going back home. But when she showed up at the spot, purpose met her. And a purpose that, and a person that she didn't even know. Boaz said, look, I don't even know her, but I, I found favor in her. And so what other people got to work hard for, I want other people to work hard for and leave it so it's easy for her to pick up. And I want you to know when you do a hard thing, when you walk away from comfort, when you walk away from something that is convenient and easy, you will find a place where God is going to give you his signature of approval when all of a sudden what, what is hard for other people becomes easy for you. He provoked her into her purpose. Now you got to understand, that was, see, see the, 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 the first signal of when you're, when you're walking in God's purpose, you start seeing favor on you that you don't see in others. The way that you go through is different from how everybody else goes through. We're in the same environment. I'm picking up stuff just like you, you're picking up stuff. But somehow, how is it easy for you? I know you make the same amount of money as me. How is it easy for you? 
same diagnosis, but how is it so easy for you? See, y'all got to hear me what I'm saying. I'm a single mother just like you. How is, so, how is it so easy for you? And I'm over here struggling. Why? Because I'm walking in my purpose. And when you walk in your purpose, you obligate God to see about you. That's the reason you've been struggling. That's the reason you've been about to bang your head against the wall. It's because you have been unaligned with God's purpose. But I promise you, brother and sister, when you walk in God's purpose, you give God a reason to bless you. And so consequently, how the, how the story goes, after she finished gleaning from the field that day, he said, come on up and talk to me. They ended, and long story short, they, they, ended up, they ended up befriending each other. They fell in love, and he ended up marrying her and, and, and made her, made her the, 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 really the queen of all he had. And see, it's, it's, when you say, Pastor Tony, that's a good story. That makes real good sense. But what does it got to do with anything? You got to understand that God needed her. See, his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. His plans are way above our plans. And what you understand, if you fast forward two other generations, she ended up becoming the grandmother of King David. And see, that's what I'm saying. If we would simply be obedient to God, God said, I can't, in, in order, see, you got to produce a king. There was, there was a king inside of you. And so I need, I need your husband to die. Come on, y'all. I, 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 need, I, need, I need you to go through famine. I need you to go through a rough place because I am provoking you to get to a place because I need your steps to align with my purpose. She didn't know all that was going to happen. All she knew is, I don't, this doesn't make sense, but I feel a pulling to not go back to what's comfortable. I feel a calling to keep going forward. And that is a message for somebody in this room. God said you can choose comfort or you can choose a calling forward. And God is calling you forward. You know what going back is going to get you. You know we're going back to the old ways and the old people. You know the death, hell, and destruction that lies back. It may be comfortable. See, I want, to I want you to tell you something. Just because, just because it's comfortable don't mean it makes sense. We can be comfortable in dysfunction. We can, be com we can be comfortable with people cussing us out and beating up across our head. Well, at least it's the devil I do know. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God said, are you willing to go through, uh, through, through a space where you don't know how, how the need is going to be met in order for me to get you to the place of purpose? Now, what if she had went back to her father? She would have been taken care of, but she would have lived beneath her purpose. And many of us are choosing comfort, but we're frustrated by purpose. And she ended up becoming the grandmother in the lineage of King David. King David ended up being the forefather of Jesus. Do y'all see how God has a greater purpose? And sometimes he will cause famine to come to your life. Sometimes he will cause death and destruction to happen around you, to preserve you. You're thinking God came to destroy you. God said, God, I'm destroying the things around you so that I can preserve you because I have a higher purpose for you. Somebody say, God provoked me. The last thing is,
He calls us to fulfill purpose. He calls us to align with purpose. And the last thing is, he will cause us to produce purpose. Somebody say produce. There was a young lady in the Bible named Hannah. She loved her husband so much. And she, and she said, I love you so much, I want to give you a son. Notice this. Husband, I want to give you a son. You got to understand back in that day, a woman's value is determined by how many children, not only how many children she had, but how many male children she had. I'm worthless if I don't give you, my husband, a son. And every year they would go make a pilgrimage to the temple. Now, her husband had another wife, and she could pop out babies just like a pears dispenser. Just pop them out. Just pop them. Y'all know people just, just, you know, you walk by them, just, just swole a couple months. Just pop them out. She over here struggling. It's her life endeavor. And your girl over here just, you know, he loves me the most because I can give him all these children. And every year they would go to the temple. And it would serve as a reminder. Listen to this, y'all. She was going every year and was praying, God, I want to be able to give my husband a child. I want to be able to give my husband a child. I want to give him that son. And it never happened. She would tease her. Every couple months, she walking around, walking extra pregnant. You know how people, want, want, when they want you to know they are. Ooh, I'm craving something, girl. You ever had, oh, no, you ain't never had these cravings because you ain't never had a baby. You know, just rubbing her face in it. But I want you to understand she was being provoked. That was one time when she had had enough, she had gotten tired of being sick and tired. Her prayer shifted. Listen to this, y'all. Remember the beginning I said she was praying, God, give me a baby for my husband. Listen, there was one time she got sick and tired of being sick and tired. The prophet Eli found her in the temple and she was praying to God. God, give me a son so that I can give back to you. Did y'all get that? Before she was praying and longing, I want to please my husband. But God, give me a son so that I can give him back to you. Then God said, oh, now you're cooking with grease. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that if, 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 if I give you this, you're going to give him back to me and I can use him all my life? Now, now all of a sudden, the, the thing that was dead came to life again when her prayers aligned with God's purpose. God provoked her. He said, it's good that you're praying, but you're praying wrong. You got a good desire, but it's about two degrees off. I want you to have it, but I 
want you to have it for the right reason. And so many of us are asking God, would you please give me the business? Would you please give me the husband? Would you please do this for me? God said, I want to give it to you. Give it to you, but your heart is about two degrees off. It's for the purpose of me. And with her prayers, aligned with his purpose, all of a sudden, whoop, there it was. But let me tell you something, she was a person of integrity. She nursed him, she raised him, she protected him, and she followed through. Somebody say follow through. She followed through. She's like, you know what, this is my only boy. She didn't make a God out of what God gave her. And so many of us, we will ask God for a thing. And it becomes a demigod. We start worshiping the things that we the thing that we worship God for. She followed through and said, although I prayed for you for nine months, I carried you, no charge, all that stuff. I'm following through on my promise and I am delivering. she got there <laughs> before she got there to the place of, of conception and being pregnant she was in the temple and she was praying so hard she was praying so hard that the prophet Eli said woman are you drunk what is wrong with you you are seeking God are, are you drunk she said I'm not drunk I just want my purpose And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you really are pursuing God's purpose, when you've really been provoked to your knees, that life has been so hard, and life has written you so many bad checks, and life has, has closed the door and scabbed and scarred you so much that it drives you to your face, I know how bad you are after your purpose by what your prayer life looks like. You ain't after God until somebody almost accusing you of being drunk. What is wrong with you? Why you got your face in that Bible? I said, because I'm, I'm, I'm after something. I'm after something. She could have said, you know what? We can just adopt some people. You know, it's the, maybe it's just the Lord's will. She could have let God off the hook and said, you know, it's just not. And no, 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 no. There is a place in me that, is, that, that, don't, that only the provision of God will fill. There is a void in me that everybody has a God-shaped void in them. And you're not going to be fulfilled until God plugs in, just like a, like a, a puzzle piece, in that area in your life. That, my brother, that my sister is purpose but are you willing to be accused of being drunk are you willing to be accused like you don't you you lost it you a holy roller it don't take all that it may not take all that for you but for me this purpose keeps tormenting me this purpose keeps taunting me this 
purpose keeps telling me every day I look at somebody else who has it and it, 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 it is a representation of what I can be but what I'm not yet and God is saying how bad do you want it everybody's standing somebody lift your hand and say God provoke me come on come on begin to pray right now God I thank you right now Lord that you won't leave us how you found us God you're provoking us. You are stirring us like the mother, like the mother eagle. You are, you are stirring us up. You are stirring us up. Somebody say, God, stir me up. Stir me up. Lord, do us like Moses, Lord. Provoke something that is dormant inside of us, Lord. Let it, let it, call, let it become alive. Let it be filled with purpose, God. Lord, let it wake us up. Let it wake us up. Let it wake us up, Lord. Or maybe we're like Ruth, God. Lord, 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 let some things die around us to push us to the place that you called us to, God. Lord, let, let it die, Lord. Lord, Lord, don't let us choose comfortability anymore, Lord. Lord, pull us with the calling, God. Pull us with the calling today. Lord, you're calling us higher. You're calling us deeper. Lord, provoke us by purpose, God. Lord, don't let us sit. Don't let us sit idle. Don't let us be comfortable with being comfortable anymore, God. Don't let us be comfortable with being comfortable anymore. Somebody begin to pray out to the Lord in this place. Come on, come on, open your mouth and say something. There was still purpose in you. And the reason things haven't worked out right because he's provoking you. He's provoking you. He's provoking you. So God, won't you leave me alone? Because he's provoking you. Come on, pray, 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 pray. that business you're not gonna rest until you start that foundation come on he's provoking you come on come on come on you're not gonna rest you're not gonna rest you're not gonna rest you can try to tune it down all you want to the more you try to suppress it the more it's gonna come up the more it's gonna come up he's provoking you he said now is the time this is the year that you're gonna blossom this is the year you're gonna blossom but I need to provoke you to get in alignment I need to provoke you. My purpose is higher than your purpose. You don't see how the end's going to be. Distrust me. Distrust. He is the author and the finisher. Trust the author. Trust the author. He knows the end from the beginning. He has an expected end for you. You don't have to know everything to obey. You don't have to know how it's going to turn out to obey. Just know that he knows the way that you take. Come on, somebody pray. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's provoking you to purpose. He's provoking you to purpose. He's provoking you to purpose. He is provoking you to purpose. Yes, yes. If those people had stayed around, it would have derailed your purpose. If they had stayed around, it would have derailed your purpose. You thought God was punishing you. No, say, God say, I am freeing you for your purpose. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's the reason you couldn't stay. That's the reason you couldn't stay. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. 
On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love.